Happy October! I hope you are fully enjoying spooky season. I know I am. We've got another batch of listener stories, and the decision has been made to just comment along with them, because it was really boring (laughs) just sitting here quietly listening to the stories for the first time. I guess when I talk, it feels like I'm actually listening to them with you. So we're going to keep that. It sounds like we need to kick out the music, though. That was distracting to people. So I'm going to, um, just like in our regular ghost stories, kind of like fade it out after a couple minutes here. The way the voicemail works that you guys are leaving your stories on is it transcribes some of the story. And I can see a little bit of what it's about. The transcription isn't great. But this first story here looks like it is either takes place in Wellesley um, or is Wellesley adjacent, I think it says. So let's start there. What's up? Um, Love the show. Uh, Fair warning, I have told the story on one other podcast before, but I couldn't not tell it here because this is a Wellesley adjacent story, so buckle (laughs) up. I grew up in Wellesley, I went to high school there, graduated there, uh, class of 2000, baby. Um, And this story happened in 2006. Uh, I had just graduated from college the previous year, and a bunch of my other friends from Wellesley had also graduated, so we all moved back home at the same time, so we were all hanging out again. Uh, And it was our friend's birthday one day. Uh, This was in late April, early May. Um, And this friend lived in Somerville, so our plan was to meet up at our one friend's house and her family has long since moved out of Wellesley so I think I can say this without any weird legal bullshit but if you need to bleep this out that's cool uh she used to live on Woodlawn uh just so you (laughs) know that's where I used Um, to live and it was like the route nine side of Woodlawn like the little curvy part that goes up to Oakland Street that is exactly where I used to live we'd meet up at our friend's house (laughs) on Woodlawn take one car into the city pick up our friend, go out, go to Quincy Market, Sorry go bar hopping, um, and we were surprisingly responsible for a bunch of 22, 23-year-olds, like, we didn't get shit-faced, <laughs> like, we were, you know, the night started at nine, and my friend was like, uh, my friend who was the, the designated driver was like, <laughs> hey, do you guys mind if we wrap this up at one so that, you know, we can drop off our friend and, and you know, not be stuck with the rest of the planet and everybody's drunk and angry, and we were like, yes are in charge we will be leaving at one so one o'clock rolls around drop off our friend back in somerville and we take route two out of the city okay. back to 95 south to get to wellesley uh to the route 16 actually where new wellesley is okay so we drive up uh route two and back in 2006 before all the condos were along route two um there was this old abandoned disco called faces that was near alewife and me being the urban exploration fan that i was back in the day i love to take pictures of old buildings i was like oh man i would love to find some way to like break into faces and take a bunch of pictures like can you imagine how awesome it looks from the inside like it it must be amazing and uh my friends were like oh uh, uh, you don't want to break into the uh to the old abandoned disco like we've seen that episode of scooby-doo you're gonna you know stir up the roller disco ghosts and we're all gonna have a bad time and i was like yeah we all kind of laughed it off and uh we kept driving and 30 seconds later going up route two we get hit we get slammed with like 
the thickest fog I've ever seen to this day. Oh. And I always compare it to like those YouTube videos of like people like evacuating from a forest fire. Like it was like smoke thick, like it was very, very thick. And it was like <laughs> one o'clock, one thirty in the morning. Uh, so we were like, okay, we don't want to like get into an accident. We don't want to like rear end anybody. So we'll slow it down to like 10, 15, 20 miles an hour like going up route two like you know how fast you usually go on route two we were crawling up route two with like our emergency lights on with our hazard lights on like blinking you know as much visibility as we could make ourselves out to be um and this fog was so thick that we missed the exit back to 95 uh. at least twice because i know we had to make at least two u-turns like we we got so off track and we were just crawling up and down Route 2, trying to find the exit back to 95. Um, and and also, whenever we got off of Route 2, the fog would lift. And I can kind of explain that away. It was, you know, late April, early May. It would have been, like, warm during the day, cool at night. So, like, obviously, fog, that's fine. But at the time, we were super freaked out. And we were like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, roller disco ghosts, you made your point, we get it, we get it, we're sorry, we are so sorry. Um, and so, you know, by now it's like 2.30 in the morning, close to 3. We finally find the exit back to 95, we get onto 95, and the fog lifts, and everybody just breathes a sigh of relief, and we're like, oh, thank God, fucking fog. So we get off the off-ramp back to Route 16, where Newton Wellesley Hospital is, to get back to Wellesley, and the fog comes back on the off-ramp. So we slow down again, and we're all like, ugh, fucking fog. So at close to 3 o'clock in the morning, out of the fog, even though we're going like, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, there is a completely gray man that comes out of the fog, <laughs> no. walking down the middle of the off-ramp, like in the middle of the street, um, uh. and he was walking in the same direction as us, so we only saw him from the back, and this guy was completely gray, like gray hair, gray jacket, gray pants, and I'm sure gray shoes too, and again, we were only going 10-50 miles an hour, but that's still very fast for like a car versus a human being. So my friend slams on the brakes and we swerve out of this thing's way. Um, and you know, there's, there's four of us in the car. I'm in the backseat. We're all screaming. We all saw it. And I look behind us through, through the back window and the guy's gone. No. Uh, there's no guy, nobody walking. All I see is just, the red of the taillights and the trees and the rocks and that's it. Uh -huh. um, again, you know, that, that stretch of Route 16 is where New Wellesley Hospital is and uh -huh. also there's like that old folks home. So I think if I was a, <laughs> if I, if I had to be rational and skeptical, I would say like, you know, somebody from the old folks home, maybe like, you know, they're not all there and they broke out and they decided to just take a walk at 2 o'clock in the morning dressed in their finest gray outfit during the foggiest night of all time uh but i cannot explain the guy how how he disappeared um uh -huh. and and you know we we get back to my friend's house on woodlawn 
we all pile out of the car. It was a minivan. We were all just kind of like, we've got our heads up against, you know, the, the, the car and we're all like hyperventilating. And I'm like, we all saw the old guy, right? Like I didn't see it. And, and, you know, everybody else was like, yes, we all saw the old guy. So at least three other people I know saw whatever that thing, person, ghost, whatever was. Um, and yeah, didn't sleep for the rest of that night, went home, drove home, uh, got into bed and, uh, definitely didn't fall asleep until dawn until like after five o'clock in the morning. Cause I was so wound up, but that is my story. That is my Wellesley adjacent ghost story. Um, again, love the show. Keep doing it. Uh, thank you for making my hometown way more exciting than it ever ever was when i was living there and probably way more exciting than it ever will be um so yeah thanks a lot take care bye (laughs) yeah no thank you no thank you to being out that late in the first place driving around in the fog but that's scary fog is creepy i don't know yeah that definitely was a ghost and again, I'm sorry for screaming, but oh my god. Woodlawn is a very long street, and there's this part that goes very um, neighborhoody. It, it goes far back, but then it crosses over the street called Washington. There's a tiny little curve of it that is right between Route 9, and it's a very small part of the street, and that is an incredible coincidence. So I love it. That is where I started writing these interviews for Ghosts in the Burbs in the house that I lived in there and that's just a wild coincidence. Hi Liz, I live in Western Australia um, in Perth and I used to work in an animal hospital in Cottesloe which is a beautiful beach suburb in Perth. Um, which the building's pretty old, it's probably 75 years old and this was probably 20 years ago. So I used to start quite early at sort of quarter past seven and would be the first person on the premises and I would be sitting in the treatment room after having gathered all the animals that were in the wards um, charts and would be loading, like just documenting onto the computer. And the treatment room led off to sort of the reception area down to the wards where the animals were kept and out to the consult rooms off to the surgery theatre rooms, the x-ray, and then the kitchen. And I would be sitting there typing away, and in my peripheral vision, I would would see this girl walk through that looked very much like one of the nurses that worked there. So I used to be, say, hey, Leanne, how are you? And not get an answer, and not think much of it. Everyone, you know, is busy. And after about the fourth or fifth time, I actually got up and followed who I thought Leanne into the kitchen and no one was there in the back door which had a bar and it was still locked so then when she did walk in about 15 minutes later I was like Leanne I swear I just saw you walk into the kitchen it's about the sixth time I say hi to you you never say anything it's so weird she said oh you're a ghost seer too and I said what do you mean and she said oh some of us can see her and some can't and basically, yeah, in the practice, there was probably um, uh, 20 of us all up with vets, oh, wow. nurses, lay staff, reception. And 
yeah, this poor girl had um, probably, I think, in the 70s, maybe late 70s, early 80s, had been celebrating her 21st birthday. And where, where the hospital is situated, it's on um, a highway and oh. it's on a corner. And it now has big guardrails up because we did have quite a few people that drove through missed the corner and drove through the front of the hospital. Oh, my God. And this poor girl on her 21st birthday had driven through the front of the hospital and her femur had gone through her chest and she bled out and died. Jesus. And Leanne took me through to one of the hospital wards and was like, here, have a look at the cages. And on the front of the cages, there was like a Datsun logo from a car and a Ford one. And she was like, yeah, this is the thing off the front of a car. Anyway, I used to see, she wasn't scary, like you didn't ever feel scared. And I used to just say hi to her, um, you know, maybe, wasn't all the time, but maybe, you know, once a fortnight. Anyway, this one, I worked there for a long time, for quite a few years. Um, My husband and I both play water polo and we were out at a water polo function one night. And I was chatting to this guy and I you know what he asked him what he did and he said oh I'm a policeman I said oh yeah and we started chatting he asked me what I did I said oh, I work at Cottesmore Animal Hospital I'm manager and he said oh he said I nearly stopped being a policeman he goes I just graduated and I was um my first station was Cottesloe police station I said oh yeah which was just behind the hospital over a railway line I said oh yeah why is that and he said oh a young girl um had a car accident i was basically you know on site and held her and she bled out uh in my arms and i'd only been out of the academy for a couple of months and it it really freaked me out and put me off i said oh my god i said i see this girl um you know all the time and he's like i said tell me um what she looks like he said no no you tell me what she looks like so i said look she's my build but a bit shorter so fairly thin and but long brown hair and he turned as white as a ghost and he was like that is that girl so anyway from there I don't know I went to a um a thing at the Claremont showgrounds and there happened to be a psychic there and I started chatting to this psychic and said look we've got this poor girl she just wanders around she's not scary but I just feel bad that she needs to cross over and so she said get everyone in the building that can see her which was about half of us and we had to do i kind of remember what it was we had to light a candle um burn some something and chant something three times and hold hands which we all did and we never saw her again Mm -mm. but yeah i'm glad that hopefully she's resting comfortably somewhere but she was definitely a nice ghost she never made any of us feel scared but it was a little bit spooky when you were there by yourself and you would see her. Anyway, that's my story. I absolutely love your podcast. Keep going. Bye. Wow. That is so sad. And, I mean, that's really spooky that you would see her and that that many people that you worked with could see her. That's that's wild. Wow. Also, everyone is home right now, so you might hear the girls in the background. Well, let's play another one.
Hi, Liz. Um, I have been haunted my whole life. Oh, boy. Um, I have a lot of spooky stories and have recently discovered that I have a bit of clairvoyance. Uh. However, that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. Hmm. So, a while ago, almost a year ago now, um, I was out with my friend and we had decided to go out for a drive but it was late so not a lot was open it was almost two in the morning when we had decided to go for a drive Wow! so where i live is close to the perimeter and we're out in the prairies and there's a lot of wheat fields and canola and corn things that are like tall tall crops lots of farmers outside of the perimeter no so anyways um this city was kind of founded uh, because of the Canadian Railway. There are a lot of train tracks all over the city, and it's kind of what formed most of the neighborhoods. So we make it out to this municipality just a little bit outside of the city. Okay. It's quiet, so we can park on the side of the road. And we decided to come up on this road. It was a gravel road, no lights, and we were trying to drive past the houses because as we were driving past them, the lights would turn on in the driveways, so we didn't want to disturb them oh, or okay. freak them out because we had parked outside of their house. So as we're trying to find somewhere to park, we're driving up this road, and it's it's still gravel. It's getting increasingly bumpier, and as we kind of pass a few intersections of another gravel road, um, we start driving past what would be either a wheat or cornfield. Um, so we're driving and it's dark, there's no lights. All the lights that we passed were on mm. the houses and they're kind of far away from us at this point, at least a couple of minutes behind us. Excuse me. <clears throat> so we were making it up this road and too. we finally find somewhere to park at the side. And we're kind of just in front of a pair of train tracks. And the train tracks would lead into the city for um, deliveries for um, corporations for food or what have you. Anyways, um, we're talking and we're listening to music and we're both kind of looking in the direction that would go back into the city, not the way that the train would come. And we see what looks what I can only describe as a light from an old hand cart because of the way that the light was moving up the track. The kind that you would have two people pump up and down to make go forward mm -hmm. or just to make movement or to stop it. So <laughs> as I'm thinking about this, we're both staring at this light and I turn to my friend and I'm kind of like, are you seeing this? I'm not crazy, am I? You're seeing this too, right? And he just kind of nods like we're both shocked at what we're seeing because uh -uh. it can't be a train and it can't be an off-road vehicle because it is so quiet where we are and it's two in the morning and it just wouldn't make sense that someone would be out. So we're looking at this light come towards us and it's it, it, it just can't be a train because it would be no. so much louder and it would be a set of lights instead of just one. And it wouldn't be moving the way that it was moving. 
and it couldn't have been a bike because the bike would it wouldn't be able to go up the train tracks it would simply just be too bumpy yeah that would be miserable so (laughs) as we're watching this light come towards us we're seeing it and it's coming closer and closer and it's almost at the intersection where we're kind of parked and suddenly it's not like it falls off of the track but it's almost like the light veers off and fades Hmm. away and it was so close to us it was just about to reach the intersection and we're both just sitting there like where did it go what happened what what do we do now and we look at each other and I'm like do you want to get out of here and he's like (laughs) yeah let's go back to the city and we drive off and we're just bewildered because to this day I still have no explanation for what happened all I can really say is I saw a mysterious light on a train track in the middle of a field at 2.30 in the morning. Uh-uh. I have no explanation for it. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for making the podcast, Liz. I love all the stories you tell. Have a great day. It's so strange because if they weren't there, would that be happening? Like, is it one of those stone tape theory things where whatever some or some kind of time warp where they just witnessed something that happened it kind of blinked in and blinked out or is it like time just replaying itself these ghosts just replaying themselves then and it's different than that girl in the animal hospital because it seems like she died traumatically and then she just got kind of stuck there waiting for someone to notice her I don't know I don't know what these ghosts are trying to do or tell us but that's spooky and driving around in the middle of the night no what what have we learned here the fog story this story oh dear hi um i want to start this off by saying that i do not believe in ghosts i (laughs) want to believe in ghosts i like the idea of ghosts but i do not believe in ghosts okay i am very fascinated i do a lot of i watch all the ghost hunting shows i love to read books about ghosts um i love halloween um everything same so a long time ago in the early 2000s i saw this documentary on the discovery channel about the sally house in kansas okay looking that up right now and it uh described this young girl back in i don't know the 1900s or whatever Mm -hmm. um was taken to the house of the doctor because her appendix was about ready to rupture the doctor performs surgery on her. It ruptures. Yeah. Oh, he performs surgery on her without anesthesia. It ruptures while she's on the table and she dies. Then she stays in the house and mm-hmm. she hates men. Um, there's lots of <laughs> paranormal activity in the house. Lots of poltergeisty things. Doors opening, closing, um, lights on and off, knocking, steps. I think there's hot and cold spots, orbs, um, radios turn on, blasting, TVs blaring, um, and she likes to scratch men. That's her biggest thing. And on the Discovery documentary, she did scratch him, and it was pretty crazy. So I, so I, I always had that in the back of my mind. Well, a few years later, I moved to Kansas. Ooh. So I call my, my best friend, Lindsay, and I say, get down here. We're going to go to Atchison. Kansas, which is Kansas's most haunted town. That's their claim to fame. And uh, that the Sally House is one of the most haunted houses in America. Mm-hmm. 
so uh, I book a and b we get there, we check in, um, look around, it's this gorgeous Victorian mansion, um, just gorgeous, and the whole town of Atchison is amazing, all these big Victorian mansions and antique, I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous, right on the Missouri River, it's beautiful. So cool. Um, cemeteries, really cool, I mean, just, it's all awesome. So we check in, we're looking around the B&B, and we notice that there's this big giant wraparound screened-in porch with wicker chairs, wicker chases, um, tables set with antique uh, teaware, chandeliers. It's, it's amazing. So we take our scary books and our Halloween magazines because it is October, and we are getting ready for the Halloween season, and we sit on the porch. Well, soon we're distracted by these little kids running around this house directly across the street yelling Ooh, spooky we think it's funny because little boys are hilarious <laughs> later we asked the bnb owners hey what's up with you know little boys over there she said well that's the sally house across the street no clue <sighs> i had no clue that it was there um yes. so then of course we sat on that pat or on that porch and just watched that house for the rest of the trip last day of the trip we're sitting on the porch ready getting ready to check out and um an old older man walks up to the front door he takes a key from right above the door and he opens the door and he walks in we run to the b&b owners and we say hey this dude just went in there they're like yeah that's the owner okay. he's a retired police officer and he um is probably just checking on the place and we're like is he nice sure can we go down there? Sure, go talk to him. So we run down there, knock on the door, and he answers, and we introduce ourselves, and we ask if we can look around. He says, sure, come on in. And he goes over into the living room where there's like this mauve couch and this wooden table and a jam box sitting on a table, not a clock radio, a jam box. And he flips the switch with a finger. I don't know what that is. And it turns on, and there's some light music playing. So I follow him back to the kitchen. My friend Lindsay goes and looks all around and I'm asking him questions like, why did you buy this house? He's like, I buy rental property. Why don't you rent it? He's like, I can't keep anyone in it. Well, do you think it's haunted? He's like, no, I've never had any experiences here. And I asked what he was doing and he said that some college kids had been um, messing with screens that he had heard. Um, so he's coming to check them out, um, by the way. There's um, up the street, this uh, college that used to be like um, a monastery, a Benedictine monastery, which oh, is boy. gorgeous, by the way. Um, so he was checking on the screens. I asked if he'd ever had anybody in the house to tell him what was going on. He said that, yeah, he had some guy out from California that told him that he was the protector of the house oh. and that he would never sell the house. And I was like, okay. Um, so he said, well, I got to go. So we go out the door. He goes to the radio, turns it off. I see him, his finger, one flip of the switch, turns it off. We go out the door. He locks the door. I say, Hey, do you mind if we take some pictures on the porch? He says, no, no problem. And he gets in his truck and he leaves. I walk across the street. Lindsay stays on the porch. I walk across the street, which we're talking less than a hundred feet away. And I get my camera. And as walking back into the yard, I start hearing this really loud radio. Uh -uh. And Lindsay says, do you hear that? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, somebody's jamming. <gasps> oh, no. It 
my God. Call in with the rest of your story. Um, the Sally House. Yes, there's a million stories about that place. I was just looking it up. I knew that, of course, Ghost Adventures went there. And I was going to look up uh, its season 10 episode something. And on the Discovery Channel app and on Amazon, it's not available, which is really frustrating because that place is spooky. But I know there's a bunch of other ghost hunting shows that talk about and go to the Sally House, so that's fun. But please call back in with the end of that story. If I were to predict it, I'd say the radio turned on by itself and then turned off or something, but that is really spooky, and I love it. Uh, sorry, guys, I don't want to leave it hanging there, but I want to hear the rest of that story, and I don't want to delete that, so we'll just cross our fingers. Okay, let's do at least one more. Hi, Liz. My name is Liz, and I live in Atlanta, and I want to tell you a ghost story about when I uh, lived in a haunted house in ah. Athens, Georgia. Yeah. So Athens, Georgia is uh, where the University of Georgia is, and I lived okay. in this um, old house <laughs> that was rented by a slumlord uh, <laughs> in Athens. I had two roommates, and the house was built... Um, the, we think around like the 1920s, um, and we did know that the lady that originally, at, at some point, that was in the house um, ran it as a dance studio. So it was a shotgun house, but when you walked in, you came up a nice screened front porch and went into this okay. big open room with beautiful wooden floors, and that was our living room. And then if you kept going straight, there was my bedroom, and then when you went into the back, that was the kitchen in the back of the house. Okay. There had been an addition at some point to the shotgun house that had added on two more bedrooms and a dining room. So you could kind of go uh, around my room, uh, around the back of my room through a little hallway to get to the kitchen. So kind of a weird maze of a house, mm -hmm. uh, but we loved it. It was fun. It was close to everything uh, near downtown. It was really nice. Um, probably about a month after we moved in, we started noticing that things would get turned off, like the dryer would be turned off. We would put a pot of water on to boil and we would come back and the flame would be turned off. You'd turn on the shower to warm up the water and then hear it cut off. Mm. Um, and this would happen when we were home alone. We would talk to each other as roommates, be like, hey, what the heck, why are you turning this off? And like, no one would cop to it. Um, mm. And I had it happen to me a couple of times where I'd be cooking dinner and my, no one else was home and the you know, have the stove on, walk out of the room and come back. So we kind of made a little joke about like, oh, it's the little old lady making sure we're not going to burn the house down, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and then it started to escalate to where um, there was one time that I was in the shower and I saw, you know how you'll like rub a hand down a shower curtain and just goes whoosh. Uh, um, uh, that happened while I was in the shower and nobody else was home. <laughs> Scared the heck out of me. Um, and I just like jumped out of the shower and uh, left the house as quickly as yes. I could. Um, and my roommates had a couple of instances where like they would be in the bathroom and the light would turn off or they would turn their backs and the, 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 the vanity mirror would open. Um, so the scariest thing that happened to me in this house, like up until this point, was kind of like, oh, okay, that's spooky. I don't love it, but it's not, <laughs> it's not terrifying. 
um, the mm. thing that really terrified me and, and made me never go back to that house again oh. is I was getting ready to go out one night and uh, I was on the phone with my friend. Um, this was before cell phones. I probably should have told you the era. This was like uh, late 90s. Um, so I didn't have a cell phone. I was on the house phone, like the big portable goofy phone. And uh, I was talking to her, curling my hair, and I was sitting in behind my door that had the mirror on it. So we're chatting. And there, as I sat in front of the one door, remember this is a shotgun house, so basically it's a straight shot from the front door to the back door, and with my room in the middle. So I had two doors in my bedroom. And I was sitting in front of the mm-hmm. mirror, doing my hair, gossiping with my friend, getting ready to go out. And I hear someone come in the front door and I hear the front door open and close and I hear footsteps and I say, Hey, I'm here. Welcome home. Nothing. And then I hear these footsteps go around through the dining room, through the hall, the back hallway, all around my room. And then I hear it go into the kitchen. I'm still talking to my friend. I'm like, Hey, and no response. And then I hear, I see from the mirror that I'm facing, I see behind me, the doorknob turns, the door opens, and then I hear step, step, step into my room. What? And there's no one there. And I turn around, and then I hear a couple of quick, like, stamp, 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 coming towards me. I have curlers in my hair, I have the house phone in my hand, and I screech, grab my purse, and run out. And then as I'm running yeah. out, I hear just like stamp, 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 chasing after me, coming out the front door. And then the front door slams and locks. And there is no way in hell what I'm going back hell? in that house. I got in my car, drove to my friend's house with hot rollers in my hair and the house, <laughs> the portable phone still in my hand. Um, and I never went back to that house. I oh my gosh. would not set foot. The day that we moved, I I had been staying at my boyfriend's now husband's house. Um, the day that we moved, like my dad and I went in there, packed up all my stuff, and just like got out of there. Because yeah. um, I will never go back to that house. <laughs> so I hope this is a, a fun story for yeah. uh, for you to hear and. Uh, I really enjoy, um, really enjoying the podcast. And you have a ton on your plate. I'm a mom too. So <laughs> please don't feel guilty about uh, taking what time you need to <sighs> still keep this fun. I'm sure it, it becomes um, a bit of a chore after a while. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate everything you put out. Your storytelling is amazing. Your writing oh, is fantastic. Awesome. And uh, I hope you um, still keep a spark. And uh and keep enjoying doing this and putting out amazing content. So thanks a bunch. Have a great day. Bye. Wow. I thank you for all of that, all of your kind words. And also, I never would have gone back either. Something invisible stomping towards you and chasing you out of the house. That definitely wouldn't have been one of those stone tape things we're thinking about. That must have been like an intelligent haunting. And like, why then? Why did they want you out of there then? You know what it makes me think of, actually, is um, that bo- that movie with Nicole Kidman, The Others, when, like, other people have moved into the house. She's there haunting. They, like, take down the curtains, the actual living people, and she freaks out because the children are photosensitive. I always think of that. 
So that's what that makes me think. Like someone was living there also with you, either dead living there or I don't know, but frightening and I wouldn't want to live there either. And thank you for um, explaining a shotgun house. I always hear that term and I didn't know what it was. So that makes perfect sense. I think that's a good place to stop for today. There are so many stories and they keep coming. So if you've got one that you're thinking about sharing, please do go to ghostintheburbs.com and click on the tell me a story tab at the top of the screen. I also wanted to thank everyone who ordered one of those cozy Ghost in the Burbs baseball t-shirts. Um, when the campaign closes, which is soon, the t-shirt should be to you around uh, mid-October. And at that time, I believe they released the money raised. And because everyone was so generous, I'm going to be able to donate $1,000 to one of my favorite charities. It's a local charity called Heading Home, which helps people dealing with homelessness get out of that situation. Um, and I am so excited that I'm able to do that. And as always, because of your support and generosity, I get to do these really cool things, amazing things that I want to do. So thank you very, very much. And I will see you back here, same time, same place, next week. Happy October! <laughs>